It is Tuesday, November 24th, two days till Turkey Day, the day where you're around family normally, but not in this COVID environment. So what better to do than curl up with your favorite podcast hosted by two dudes, both named Mike, who used to be college roommates on this beautiful Thanksgiving week. I am your host, Mike Fink, along with your other host, Michael Sussman. Suss, how's it going? Uh, It's going great. Can't wait to hang out with the family, eat some turkey and watch NFC East football. It's the best football around this year, but we will touch on the NFC East here in a little bit of the episode. We're going to start off with what I'm going to say is the more intriguing, the best part of the NBA season, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of the NBA offseason. I think it's the most electric (laughs) part because it's literally a revolving door. You never know who is going to stay and who's going to go. No, it's mayhem. It's a it's a real life soap opera, and it pretty much plays out on social media. Exactly. It's it's like it's like going out with a bunch of your friends and just waiting to see what happens in the, the night. Like, who are they going to go home with? What's going to happen? Because like, if there's some drama behind the scenes, I feel like the fans usually find out about it these days. Everybody's an open book at this point with social media and the Twitter sphere and Snapchat and you know all of that. You find out everything. No, it's a saga. There's already there's already been some crazy ones. There is, and we're going to touch on two teams in particular that I really want to touch on, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending NBA Finals champions, who got better, preposterously got, that's not a real word, who just got better when we didn't think it could happen. It's the LeBron effect. It's pretty much like, hey, are you done? Are you washed up? Have you reached pretty much the full potential of your career? Come on down to LeBron's team and win a championship. This is what's happening. It's ha- It happens every time. It's just like a gravitational force towards LeBron. He gets every vet. Exactly. And, and Anthony Davis is, is re-signing. And then they also signed Montrez Harrell from the rival L.A. Clippers. Big pickup. They Big got pick. Dennis Schroeder, who is going to be amazing, whether he is in that starting point guard role or he is leading that bench squad. And also a great 3 and D player in Wes Matthews. All three signed with the L.A. Lakers. And they're intelligent. I think they can all play with LeBron. Those are all those are all high IQ guys. Exactly. And I think the the piece de resistance of the Lakers is signing All Star center Mark Gasol. They're finalizing oh, right. a deal right now for Mark Gasol to play the five role that Anthony Davis didn't really want to play. He said that he didn't want to play the center in LA. So now they have a true center. Marcus Gasol is a true center that can get it done on both sides of the floor. And they're going to be even better this year. And if you're picking anybody else but the L.A. Lakers to repeat as NBA Finals champions, I believe you're insane. I bet. And those are two passing bigs. Exactly. And that's the thing. The ball movement's going to be incredible. Sorry, there was like a weird noise going on. I couldn't figure out what it was. My bad. No, you're good. And if you don't hear Sus for the rest of the podcast, it's because he was abducted. Um, so it'll just be me filling in if you just if he goes radio silence, I'm just gonna fill it in from here. It's gonna be me making weird noises. So stay tuned to see if that happens. But the other team I want to talk about is the young up and coming New Orleans Pelicans, who got all of the hype from the drafting of the 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 legend at this point. We've been watching him since he was 15 years old and dunking on just five eight kids out of nowhere, Zion Williamson. They have acquired Stephen Adams, a top five big man in basketball. They've just re-signed Brandon Ingram to a max deal. And they also got Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, two proven vets who can get it done, whether they are in that, both of them, whether they're in the starting role or coming off the bench. The Pelicans team just got better. How much of a push will this give them into the loaded Western Conference? Oh, it's going to be everything. The 
Bledsoe's a great pickup. That's a vet. He's played on winning franchises. Uh, he was at the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been in. The, they've been around in the playoffs a couple of years. Not always successful, but he he knows how to win, and and they need that right now. They need veteran presence in that locker room, and I think they got it. I agree. They, they did have a little bit of veteran presence with Jake, but you can never have too many vets who know what it's like to get to reach the mountain or to almost reach the mountain in George Hill's case because he almost got there with that Indiana Pacers team back when Lance Stevenson was just blowing on LeBron James to try to piss him off. J.J. Redick is like doing his podcast half the time. I think he's kind of checked out. I mean, I like, I really like his podcast. It's a great podcast, but like if he's really being that veteran guy, like do you, do you think? Do you all think he he's got time do, for the podcast? All he needs to do is catch the ball and shoot about 40% from three, and he's doing his job. That's he what I'm saying. I don't, think he he I don't think J.J. Redick alone can be that guy. I don't think he can either, but that's why you bring in other vets who are proven, you know, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, who can both get it done. Yeah, they, they can get in somebody's ass if they need to. Exactly. That's what they need. They've babied Zion too much. Mm-hmm. Alvin when Gentry all even stars. said it during the season. The reporters, every single game, it was is Zion okay? He played 19 minutes tonight. He looked like he he limped twice. What's going on with Zion? Next year, it needs to be full speed ahead. Go dominate the league. Like there's no reason to wait. Like let's exactly. go. And you know what's going to be terrifying is the pick and roll situation with Lonzo Ball running it and Zion Williamson and Stephen Adams. And in the two corners, you have J.J. Redick and Brandon Aker, both dudes who can knock it down, and it's going to be pick your poison. That's true. And when they start turning the ball over, you can go to George Hill. Exactly. Yeah, he's already played with Bledsoe as well. They already have some good Mm -hmm. chemistry in that backcourt. There's some potential, but let's see what happens. Exactly. They have a good coach now, though, too. They do. They do have a good coach. They got Van Gundy. Mm -hmm. They pulled him out of the booth. Mike Van Gundy. Exactly. I loved it. But they have also, big upside. They have big upside in New Orleans. Very much so. We are going to touch on a couple other signings from the NBA. Not going to dwell on it too long. Um, just real quick, Gordon Hayward to the Charlotte Hornets. He's going to be playing with LaMelo Ball. That's interesting. Uh, it's, going to, it's going to tank. None of those guys can handle like a Jordan stare. That's no. why Jordan can't be a GM. You can't look at him. You can't look at Michael Jordan in the eye and be like, my bad boss, I sucked last night. Like, you're not going to ever be able to live down bad performances. Like he, You can't be a GM if you're that intimidated. I think it's going to go to flames. I don't think Jordan can be like an owner GM. Part of me kind of hopes it does. Just like you need one organization to just be horrid the entire time that the NBA is around. And I hope it's the Hornets just for at least a little while longer. And then it can be somebody else. All right, well, you got you got a you need a, a New hype. York Jets of the NBA, and let's let it be the Hornets. Well, I mean, why is a hyped up like? 18, 19-year-old kid that may or may not be good. We don't know because he's been playing in, like, Slovenia for the last <laughs> the last however many months. I mean, I, I, ball, I've, I've just been watching. That's what you think, but I've just been watching the highlights. I mean, I don't get the package. Like, I haven't been watching the game. I mean, we do <laughs> yeah. have to agree that Chase Harler did go play in Europe, so not all Europeans can ball if I'm they're saying. playing ML, WVU. So. If, he's, if he's been balling against Chase Harler, he's not ready for the league. So I don't think him and a guy who's like a low-grade, almost star, but not really in Gordon Hayward, with Michael Jordan staring them down, is going to be very successful in the West. I mean, I love watching any team implode. And like I said, the NBA needs a New York Jets. And if it's going to be anybody, why not be Charlotte? 
It might be. It might be a New York Jets. That would be great. And then LaMelo Ball would be their Sam Darnold. It has that type of potential. We are a very anti-Sam Darnold podcast. And Sam, if you're listening, I'm I'm sure we'd like you if we met you. Um, At least I I would. I don't think so. Suss might not. He's just going to hold his hate to you for the grave. (laughs) But also in the NBA, Dwight Howard to the Philadelphia 76ers. So. Superman is he's, in the building. Let's go. He's, he's teaming up with Joel Embiid. And then we've got an under-talked about one, in my opinion, Tristan Thompson to the Boston Celtics. Big guy plays defense, gets rebounds. I, I don't know. I think he was a LeBron benefactor. I can agree with that, too. And a lot of these guys have been, too, as well. <laughs> yeah, Dwight Howard. Shout out Bron Bron for that contract. No exactly. chance without him. No ch- He's out of the league without LeBron. 100%. Like that's why everybody goes there. It's just gonna. It, he just makes it, everybody better. It does and richer. It, very much richer. You know. You know what? Are, you know what Dwight signed for was that part of a trade? Uh, no, he was a he was an unrestricted free agent. I believe it was a one year. It was like a one point one point eight million dollar deal or something. It was not a lot of money. Gotcha. But that does it for our quick NBA talk. We're going to transition to what everybody cares about this Thanksgiving season is Thanksgiving Day football. I've got a quick history lesson for you, Sus, if you're ready for it. What do you got? Can you tell me the first time, the first, the year, just the year, that the first football game was played on Thanksgiving? Uh, 1921. 1876. Let's go. It's a it tradition. Yale versus Princeton. Oh, shit. Who got the dub? Um, I believe it was Yale. I'm not positive. I, I, I didn't have that written down. Squeaked by? I th- oh, I don't think Yale squeaked by back then. They were a powerhouse. They were the <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide of football in the 1870s. They, they blew them out. That was probably like 13 nothing. It was, it was, Just 13 it was probably an explosive out. offensive performance from, for back then. Oh, I bet. And they had 11 dudes total on the team. There was three yards in a cloud of dust back then. It was pretty much... I don't think there were, like, plays. I think he just snapped it and went. You just gave it to the most athletic dude you had on your team and just told him to run. Pretty much. I think so. I don't know. I wasn't it's alive basically back like then. like middle school football. But, like, could you imagine if they saw Patrick Mahomes? Put Patrick Mahomes in the 1870s. They'd kill him and think he was a witch. <laughs> they probably would. They would burn him at the stake because they thought Patrick Mahomes was a wizard. They God, God forbid he played in Yale, like near the Salem witch trials. What, what would they do? What would they do with Mike Leach if he tried to coach? I think they'd welcome him with open arms. He, they would. They, they would let him. They would let his air raid offense fly. They'd be like, okay. They wouldn't condemn that. No, but I think they'd get a good kick out of listening to what this crazy guy has to say. <laughs> He'd say something yes. crazy and be like, I. Th- I do believe we can get behind this man and we can win some football games. I don't know why I gave him a slight British accent, <laughs> but but another quick history tip or question for you is the first NFL game played on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Do you know when it was? You, you yeah. want to give us a guess? Uh, I'm going to go with 1939. 1926. You were very close. Mm-hmm. And that was the uh, inaugural season of the NFL, and it has stuck ever since. We have two traditions. The Dallas Cowboys have been playing on Thanksgiving ever since 1966. And the Detroit Lions have played ever since 1926 when the NFL first started. They both, the Lions, have an all-time Thanksgiving record of 37, 40, and 2. 
That's not that's not for them. That that's that's good for them. They exactly. compared compared to their other compared to their overall win loss, that's probably not bad. And the Cowboys have a all time record of thirty one, nineteen and one. It's not bad. There you go. But they they aren't very good this year. They're not. But Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, did come out throw three tutters last week. Pulled out the dub. Big win for the Cowboys. And they're a half game out. They're three and seven, but they're a half game out. We said we'd get to the NFC East. Here we are. And we are. And this game has major playoff and number one overall pick just written all over. Whoever loses this could have the number one overall pick. Whoever wins this game could make the playoffs. I don't know. The Jets have a good lead right now at Ofer. Knowing the New York Jets, they might mess up the number one overall pick. You think the last few weeks of the season come and they just decide to screw it up? I think they do. I think old-ass Frank Gore just decides to put the team on his back and use the last (laughs) little bit he's got in his legs and rush for 500 yards in three games. I saw in his press conference after the Jets' last loss, I can't even remember who it was to, he said... We can't, I can't go out like this. Like he said, like I, I can't end my career going out 0-16. And, and he, he deserves better. Uh, we've been roasting Frank Gore a lot on this podcast because he's at least like 100 years old. It's just anybody who plays for the Jets, if you play for the Jets, are going to hate you. Just don't go to the Jets. That's the thing. But I, I don't hate Frank Gore. I respect Frank Gore. So if, he, if his career ends... In an 0-16 season, he doesn't even get one victory. I mean, I guess he had to know it was a possibility going to the Jets to play with Sam Darnold and and Adam Gase and Jamal Williams just left and Le'Veon Bell faked injuries for, like, two mm-hmm. years. Well, he's good to go every week now for the Chiefs. There's no, like, yeah, I got a lingering, whatever. It's like, I'm good. His lingering issue was the New York Jets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, he just didn't want to play. And... The Lions are going to be playing the Houston Texans, another team that's just bad. This, this is just two bad teams playing right now. Two trash squads. We have, and the one game that was supposed to be good, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, might not even happen because of the coronavirus. Hopefully they find a way to get that one done. I hope they do, too. Four Baltimore players and five people on the coaching staff slash training staff have tested positive. Um, so that they haven't been canceled yet. Baltimore did cancel practice today. Today is Tuesday. So we'll see what's going forward on Thursday. I was really hoping to end that day on a good game of football. That wasn't the Lions, the Titans or the Texans, the Cowboys and the football team. But it looks like we've just got football team, Cowboys, Lions and Houston's Houston Texans. We're going to prepare for the worst. I mean, you're going to you're going to get a football team thanksgiving game day though just as a football team fan like what what does it mean to be on tv i mean it's always great always great when we're on tv because we never know how many primetime games we're going to get because of how bad we are but playing on thanksgiving something special to always play the cowboys and just beating the cowboys on thanksgiving holds a special place in my heart the last time i remember us playing on thanksgiving was with robert griffin the third um and I don't know if that's the last time we did play on Thanksgiving, but that's the last one that I remember because we did with the Cowboys. And we beat them on Thanksgiving. You guys just have to dig deep into that football team tradition and just find out what makes football team football team. And just go out there and His do name it is the Alex Smith. Too. <laughs> His name is Alex Smith, and he's what makes the football team the football team. He, you know, is admirable story, and they could make the playoffs. They're a half game out. Everybody's got a shot. No matter what happens, if Alex Smith is not the comeback player of the year, 
I I don't know what I'm going to do. I might go to Roger Goodell's house and just stand outside with a sign. I don't even know where he lives. I don't know if anybody knows where he lives, but I'm going to find it. Of all the teams in the NFC East, I think I'm going to root for the football team the most mm-hmm. because I appreciate it. We need all the help we can get. I'm just disgusted with Carson Wentz. I'm tired of him. God, what happened to him? He sucks. <laughs> I'm not. I'm never going to root for the Cowboys because it's way more funny when they lose. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not a big Daniel Jones guy either. I think he's a QB of the future for the Giants for at least the the near future. So Alex Smith coming back from a traumatic injury and Riverboat Ron coming back from cancer to win the NFC East. I can get it's by. It's a Cinderella story. Like Disney is getting ready to buy the, to buy the rights for it. it. It's a Cinderella story, but all you got to do is win like six or seven games. Not even that. You, we could realistically win five games. It's headed that way. Three, six, and one. Yeah. Is winning is leading the NFC East right now. The Philadelphia Eagles are in first place. And they should be. And it's it's ridiculous. Um but we we're coming off a good win against the Joe Burrow list Cincinnati Bengals. T's and P's, oh. thoughts and prayers to Joe Burrow. I feel bad that it had to go out that way because I think that game was gonna be a great it was gonna be a game for the ages if he could stay in. Does he come back the same? I mean, it's too early to know, but torn ACL and MCL, you miss half a season, and it's just straight-up rehab for months and months. I I don't know. That that was a nightmare. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's Joey B. The kid's got heart. You know, <laughs> he went from being a backup at Ohio State to then being a Heisman Trophy winner at LSU. So if anybody can come back from it, it's him. Joey B's got Joey away. That B. just sounded like a line from like Friday Night Lights or something. You just sounded like Coach Taylor. Yeah, if anybody can do it, it's if Joey B. Do it, it's Joey B. Kids Joey got heart. Mm-hmm. I I could be a high school football coach. I could do it. You could definitely just with those one liners like that. Football team versus the Cowboys is definitely going to be a suck fest. <laughs> I think there's going to be about six or seven turnovers total. Um. Whoever sucks the least is probably going to win. And that's how so, football works for the most part, so yeah. I'm going to go with Zeke Elliott to make a play or two, and I think the Cowboys find a way to get it done on Thanksgiving. I unfortunately have the same belief, um, and I'm going to do this for my professional – I'm not professional, I'm an amateur – amateur football personality right here. The Cowboys <laughs> are probably going to win. I and want AFP. the team to win. As, as, as a football team diehard, I want them to win, but I do believe the Cowboys are going to take this one. If Andy Dalton can stay in the game, we knocked him out last time. But if he can stay in the game, they take it. I think Zeke has finally gotten his, his groove back, and I think the my predicted score is 34-17 to 17 Cowboys. You think it's not even going to be? You're, you're saying no contest on that. I don't think it's going to be close. Day. I want him to prove me wrong. I'm Why do you have so much faith in the Cowboys? They're not that good. They're not they're, that good, but neither are we. That's a good point. And did you see CD Lamb's grab the other day? If their might be can start to get going and we have to play from behind, mm. it's not going to be pretty. Say the Cowboys win the NFC East. The Red Rocket revitalizes his career, rattles off like six straight Cowboys go to the playoffs. After that, who knows? Is there going to be a controversy Dalton versus Dak when it comes back? 
You want to start? You want to? You want to get ahead of that one? You want to start that one? Let's get ahead of the curve. Let's be the first people to talk about it. If Andy Dalton comes through and wins these six games, I'm going to pull up their schedule while I'm still talking to see who they have because I believe they have the hardest schedule left of anybody else in the NFC East. I mean, if they have to play other teams in the NFC East, then they have as good a shot as anybody else in the NFC East, which is a great shot. It's wide open. Their schedule after Washington is. Baltimore, Cincinnati, the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Giants. So they actually have the easiest route. They could win three or four. Wait, how, it was Eagles, Giants, Bengals. Was, was, yeah, 49ers with their whole team on IR. You got a chance in that one at least. The Ravens, they've been playing like absolute doo-doo. They have. And the the the, the, uh, the Cowboys gave the, the Steelers a tough time. So. Exactly. With a fifth-string quarterback. They got a shot. Yeah, the Cowboys so have a path. Okay, so hypothetically, if they make the playoffs and Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, just has a season, I think there's quarterback controversy in Dallas because you can pay Andy Dalton a fraction of what you pay Dak Prescott. Prescott. I mean, you definitely can, but at the same time, I think Dalton really has to ball. Like it can't. He's gotta. He's gotta really ball out. But if he does, he might think about it. Jerry will think about it because the, I've been saying this forever for my whole life, and so has everybody else. But for whatever reason, maybe because it's more entertaining to pass, so Jerry Jones makes more money. I don't know what it is. They throw the ball a thousand times a game usually. And when they just hand the rock to Zeke a lot like they did on Sunday, and he's the guy, then they're a good team. Zeke's, a, su- Zeke's a superstar. He, he's a top three back in the league. But they, whether it's Tony Romo or it's mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, they want to throw for three, four hundred yards a game instead of just leaning on their guy. Chicks dig the long ball, bro. That's all it is. It sells the star. I really think that's what it is. I think I think Jerry likes the idea of like the gunslinger quarterback. Nobody wants to go to a baseball game and see a pitching stands. I do. Yeah, but we're baseball fans. People that go to baseball games want to see them hit a million home runs. That's true. That's I think Jerry Jones might exaggerate how much he cares about football. I think he cares about money, and football makes him money, so he cares about football. I think so too, but I, I like, I don't think he cares. I think he cares whether or not they win, but if it affects the bottom line, he's not going to do it. Exactly. So we're going to transition over to the Detroit Lions Houston Texans game. Another just suck fest unless Deshaun Watson balls out because he's the only bright spot in these two games, in my opinion. Or in, in this game, not these two games. Deshaun Watson's been hooping. Uh, I got I got the Texans. Yeah, the Lions. But, I mean, who knows? They get that Thanksgiving mojo. Matt mm-hmm. Stafford starts feeling himself. No, nah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Deshaun Watson's a baller. If they still had DeAndre Hopkins, they'd be right in the thick of things for the playoffs. They didn't need that guy for some reason, so they were like, peace. And now they suck. That's what happened. But Deshaun Watson's still a baller, and the Lions are the Lions. I'm going with Houston. I'm going with Houston also. And I don't think it mattered, you know, who Detroit had or all the mojo that they bring. Deshaun Watson's just too good. And they're wasting his career in Houston by shipping out DeAndre Hopkins. That was just an absolute waste of his career. You you give up arguably the best receiver in football to your young quarterback. You'd be like, he'll figure it out. We're okay. What do you think Deshaun Watson did when he got that news? Um, if it were me, I'd jump for joy, especially to go to a Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury offense when you're playing no, alongside Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Sorry. He cried. I think he turned how, how on much? the Take Care album, 
played some Marvin's Room, got in his $40,000 hot tub, and then just cried. Is he new? The the modern era of that team mm-hmm. was just ba- they just bailed on the whole thing. Like it was DeAndre Hopkins was most of it. A lot, not not, exactly. not the whole thing. Deshaun Watson's a stud, but you can build around DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he uh-huh. just won. You only play sixteen football games. He just won one. He just yeah. said, "Here, I got one." That's there you go. He can do that. He's that kind of guy. And there's exactly. like, there's not that many guys that can do that. I know, and they just gave him away. So that's why I think Deshaun Watson was in a state of clinical depression for weeks upon end. You think he's still in it? I think so, because he still plays for the Houston Texans. I would be. Like, when he saw that play, do you think he was like, oh, cool, that was awesome, way to go. I'd I'm, arguably, I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy for you. I'd or do you think he was Jets. like, oh, my God. I'd rather play for the Jets than the Texans. No, that don't go that far. Because the Jets, you at least, like, you have the understanding that you're supposed to be bad. So anything's an improvement from there. The Texans were a good team, and now they're horrible. Yeah, but so they're you not know the ceiling sport, that they can though. do. Yeah, I know, but if you play for the Jets and you're Deshaun Watson, you can string a couple good games together and throw for, like, 400 yards and be like, he's a bright spot. Like, we've still got him. I mean, the, the Jets... You don't. They don't expect much from the Jets, because they're they, just so I bad. would rather play for the Texans than the Jets. I mean, then you can, you can live in Houston... It's warm weather. You can live you, in New you don't York. Have, you don't have, yeah, but then you have to deal with the New York media while you're going 0-16. You're not popular at that point. Yes, it's New York, but it's like, hey, what's up, man? I'm, not much. How's it going? What do you do for a living? I, I play for the Jets. Oh, Nobody's fuck. asking Deshaun Watson if he plays for the Jets what he does for a living. If I, I mean, maybe. I don't think that many people are watching the games if they're 0 for the season. I think they can go to Kroger. I think a Jets player that starts every Sunday can go to Kroger and nobody will say a word. I'd hope so, because if they did, there'd be fights. Because, they, they, yeah, exactly. They'd like, start what, throwing tomatoes gonna, what, 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 at you, Sam hey, Darnold at Kroger. Would you, if you played for the Jets, would you want would you want people to know? Would you walk I around? I would go to the grocery store just <laughs> to avoid it in case. Would you walk around wearing your Jets gear? I'd hire somebody to go grocery shopping for me so I don't have to leave my house. That's what I'm saying. I, don't, I would not want to live... In New York, as a member of an 0-16 team, I don't think that would be fun at all. I would just put myself on house arrest for the whole season, and then I'd have a house <laughs> in another state where I could go, and i just pretend that, you know, I'm a seasonal construction worker, and I'm just here for the winter, or for the but summer. You would have to go into witness protection program mm-hmm. from they the New York. They sent you to York Bozeman, Jets. Montana. Yeah. <laughs> for protection from the New York Jets. Exactly. So our last game we're going to talk about for pro football, in case it happens, I'm still optimistic that it will I think happen, it'll happen. I don't is happen. the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Is there any chance the Ravens squeak this one out? They lost to the Steelers earlier in the season. What do you got? I'm going to take the Ravens. Not that the Steelers aren't great. They are. I think they're going to slip up. I think they're going to have one week where they don't quite have it. The Ravens have been struggling, but I think they're going to come out big game, big division game, rivalry game. I got the Ravens. I think the Ravens find a way to win this ball game. I think if they do play, it's going to be hard because they are going to be down their run game. Both J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram tested positive. I think they need to give Lamar a gazillion That's carries and just let him do his three run game. It's hard for me at this point to bet against the Pittsburgh Steelers because of how dominant they've been on the, especially the defensive side of the ball. 
But Big Ben still showed that he's Big Ben. Um, oh, I, I got the Steelers in this one. I got the Steelers in another close win. This is going to be like a 27-24 game. Can we talk about Big Ben real quick? The fact people thought he's he might cousin. people thought he might be done. I think he's still done within the next two years. Within the next two years, maybe. But is he done right now, though? Right now, no. But he's limited. he's not. I know he's balling. He's doing what he does every year. He's making receivers' careers. They've All won right. one game because Chase, of a missed extra Chase point. Chase Clow missed field goal. All right, so if they were eight and one, everything would be discounted. It wouldn't no, be but they, they've they've played in very close games that have gone their way. That first Ravens game was That's a 50-50 the NFL. game. NFL. If you that put everybody down. up to that standard, nobody would be good. That's the entire NFL. That's just what happens. I'm just saying, Big Ben benefits from having the best defense in football and a loaded receiving court at this point with. Juju Smith-Schuster. He, he makes Chase those Claypool. guys loaded. Those guys are guys because of Big Ben. I would disagree. I would say those guys are are helping Big Ben look like Big Ben of old by how dominant they are playing right now. Absolutely. I'm not going to debate that, but I just I don't think that you know who Chase Claypool is or necessarily even Juju Smith-Schuster if it's not for Big Ben. I don't he, think he's got a history that logo that they wear on their helmet and being one of the most popular teams in America. But Big Ben has a history of like making offensive guys into superstars. And then sometimes those guys leaving and it not always panning out. See, I think in recent years, we're talking about guys leaving, you know, AB and Le'Veon Bell, but historically Steelers wide receivers have stayed. Heinz Ward stayed forever because Heinz Ward was a dog. Santanio Holmes said deuces. He sucked after that. Mike Wallace was a baller with Big Ben. Mike Wallace was not a baller. Mike Wallace had a couple good years. I don't even know where he is now. He's probably not playing in the NFL. Probably blew all his money. Um, Maybe not. I don't don't know Mike Wallace. I I bet he's a stand-up guy. He's probably probably a stand-up guy. But uh, I think Big Ben is definitely reaping the benefits of – the environment around him. He's got stability, the head coach and owner, and one of the, the better head coaches oh, they've and got him. in the league. They've got him. All right, he's an iceberg, man. He's a gigantic mm-hmm. force. He's got an advantage that the Tom Brady's, Drew Brees, all those guys just don't have. He's a massive human. People can yep. just hang off of him. And then he's also got a cannon, so he can just sling it wherever he wants to all the time. I think he's underrated just because he's such like a greasy guy. Like he's just like a grungy, like I mean, he's a top kind of, 15 quarterback kind of whatever time. guy. But he <laughs> he just rolls it out there. I don't think he watches hours and hours of film. I might be wrong. I think he shows up and uh, and wings it and says, "Let's go, let's play football." I and really he hope that's his approach. High, he looks like that's his approach. He does, and he does it at a high level every Sunday. And and I'm a huge Big Ben fan. I think he's responsible for this entire. No, okay, that's that's too far. He's he's the biggest piece of this Steelers era for sure. I would agree. This era, he is, but at this point, I don't think they're nine and zero with another quarterback. But I think they still have a winning record, and they're close to winning their division without Big Ben Roethlisberger. I think he is a force, and they're only going to go as far as his arm can take them, because you need an offense when you once you get to the playoffs. You know, the defense is going to win you regular season games. And then once you get to the playoffs, you got to score because you got to outscore Kansas City. You got to outscore the Raiders. You got to outscore Buffalo. Their defense is loaded. Their whole team is loaded. 
Yeah, they're they're stupid. Yes, I, I, but I got the Ravens. I think the Ravens are still a good team. They're just they're just in a little skid right now. And I just John Harbaugh is just one of those coaches. He's gonna find a way to pull it out of his team on Thanksgiving. Real dirtbag move last week. Though. And it's hard to win every single week in the NFL. I don't think they're gonna go all the way. I'm anti John Harbaugh. He refused to shake Mike Vrabel's hand. Anti John Harbaugh. You don't you don't know what was said. I don't know either, but you shake a man's hand. That's what you do. I'm I am anti John Harbaugh. Yeah, Steelers you by a million. You can minimum just like give them the dead fish. I'm not a big fan of the dead fish, but at least do that. Don't just you Steelers know, by ninety. Nah, I mean Steelers I I, I think I think Mike Lamar shook Mike Vrabel's hand. They'll find a way. Ravens find a way. I'll believe it. I'll believe it there. So that's our NFL bit. We've got I've got the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Texans. Sussman has the Ravens, the Cowboys, and the Texans. We're going to transition again to our favorite topic to talk about, what this podcast was founded on, and that is the West Virginia Mountaineers. We've got all the news right here. We got the night game this week against Oklahoma, the Sooners, Spencer Rattler, and the Oklahoma Sooners. Let's get it done. Had the week off this week to get healthy. Guys come back. Neil Brown gets a chance to digest the film. I'm sure he sat back and watched Bedlam the other night. Um, Oklahoma sure looked tough against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma just looked bad. Oklahoma State just looked bad, you mean? I didn't think they just looked good. Their offense looked like they couldn't fight out of a paper bag. So you're you're not going to give the Sooners that much credit for the blowout win? I'm going to give them credit because a blowout win is always impressive, but it's less impressive when the offense was just looked like hot dog doo-doo. Are you saying you ain't scared? Oh, I ain't scared. We got we, we got one of the best. We got the best defense in the Big Twelve. Spencer Rattler's going to throw for four interceptions. Yes, I am yes. on the hype train. I'm, I'm gassing up WVU all night tonight. He's I'm gassing, gassing him up. up. Fink's going all in on the Mounties this week. Letty Brown is going to break the WVU rushing record this week. Oh, say it on the radio show. Yes, I will. I will. You won't say Letty it on Brown. The, would you even know the rushing break. record? Do you even know what you're promising right now? I don't know. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, look it up right now. I don't I'll even look it know. Look it up right now. I'm just. All right, guess, I'm, guess. Let's guess who has it real quick first. Oh, I'm gonna guess that it's Noel Divine, and I'm gonna guess it's around like 175. It's Dustin Garrison, I think. It's random as hell, but I'm gonna guess it. It might actually be, unless I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I'm pulling it up right now. The WVU all-time rushing yards in a game. Um, it has all time. I don't want all time. I want rushing yards of the game. The all-time leading rusher is Avon. Avon Coburn. He's been on the show Avon before. Avon Coburn. Shout Fre- out to him. Friend, friend of the show. A single game. Not really. He came on once. It was fun. Yeah, single game. I think this is all-purpose yards because there's no way Tavon. Did Tavon Austin run for 344 yards in one game? It's possible. That Oklahoma game, he might have. Okay, so that's against the Oklahoma game. Yeah, so, okay, Letty Brown won't break the rushing record if that's the rushing record. Uh, well, I mean, it was against Oklahoma. Very true. Very true. Um, I'll go back it up and say he's going to get about a buck 75, buck 80. Do you fit, did you watch the game the other night? Against With Oklahoma State and Oklahoma? Yeah. I did. Did you, did you like, watch – did you listen to the broadcasters – not as closely as I probably should have. Well, I mean, I had it on. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. They they like have a strange crush on Lincoln Riley. 
Like it's weird. Like they talk about him nonstop the entire game. Like it's I mean, it's he's he's not a bad looking dude. Every time he does anything, it's like, oh, Lincoln Riley had a trick up his sleeve. It's the same thing with Ryan Day in Ohio State, though. They just lose their mind all the game. They're just like, I don't know, it's weird. I think they just, they're just obsessed with these coaches sometimes. I'd agree. Um, it's definitely like the powerhouse school coaches because I think they're obsessed with Nick Saban. They just don't get to talk about Nick Saban as much as they want to. Kirk Herbstreit wants to marry Lincoln Riley is what I'm saying. Kirk Herbstreit, I think if he could, he would either marry himself from college, um, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, and then Lincoln Riley in that order. He, he probably would. He, yeah, Trevor Lawrence for sure. Oh, my God. He's got a big man crush on Trevor Lawrence, and it's unhealthy, I think. I think it's borderline <laughs> to like My Strange Addiction. It's just like, it, could you imagine just complimenting one human for three and a half hours straight? I mean, I've definitely done it for like... 30 minutes straight, and it's most shows when we talk about Jared Daigie after he has a good win. You're a big Daigie guy. I respect that. I don't know he, if he deserves it quite. I don't know if he's quite there. He needs to get a different, like, he looks like the mayor of Whoville. It looks cool right now when he plays for the Jets, he's going to look like a scrub. Are you talking Jared Daigie or Trevor Lawrence? Are you saying Jared Daigie needs a haircut? I was saying Jared Daigie needs a haircut. His hair looks weird. Trevor Lawrence should never cut his hair, ever. Really? No. If he cuts he, his hair, he's going to lose all his power. People are going to start pulling at it, though. I don't care. They That's did destroy Palomalu. Palomalu was a beast. Exactly. But back to the Mountaineers and what we were talking about. I think it's a good game. I think I think we, we realistically can't get the win. And it's not, that's not just me being a homer. Um, I think realistically there is a chance that we can sneak by with a win. It's going to be a close win if we get a win. I don't think we blow out Oklahoma by any means. I think it's a defensive-minded game, and our defense can take us to the promised land. You think we can contain Rattler for, for four quarters? I mean, this is going to be the toughest test of the season. This is not going to be some average walk-in-the-park Kansas State blowout. This I think saying- we can because I've seen Spencer Rattler make mistakes, and what better way or what causes mistakes more than getting pressure to the quarterback, which we've had success doing, and our secondary and Tyke Smith and Adai have been phenomenal intercepting the football. And I think he throws for four was an over, it was an exaggeration. I think he realistically maybe throws one or two. We force a couple fumbles. We hit him a couple times and he's going to start thinking about it and making some bad decisions with the football. We got to hang tough defensively, especially tackling against the run. Ramondre Stevenson running back for Oklahoma last week was pretty good. He was shifty. He's a big kind of NFL build running back like he's like a bell cow every down type Mm. of guy so we got to tackle we do and hopefully we don't start off like we did a couple weeks ago just letting up massive run after massive run because that's deflating especially that's not fun let's not try that yeah we get down if we get down that's gonna be tough jared daigie is is good he's good qb makes decent decisions most of the time but you can't ask him to do too much Exactly. So I think my prediction for this game, if I had to give it, was, which I do have to give it because I'm talking about it. I'm stupid. My prediction is I think it's a 32 to 28 ball game. 32 and we win to 28, it. close one. I got the Mountaineers 59 zip. For everything I just zip. said, I think Neil Brown's plotting, he's scheming, he's ready to rock. If the Mountaineers force a goose egg, 
against the Oklahoma Sooners. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do anything. I'll do it. Okay. If, if the Mountaineers force a goose egg against the Oklahoma Sooners, you get to pick just one thing that's not going to get me arrested, obviously, that I have to do. Same. Both ways. Mutual if, agreement. So if the Mountaineers let up a point? No. if the We will both do insane things of our own if Perfect. the Mountaineers. It's, it's a team bet against. It is. Against the world, against and that's the Sooners. If the Mountaineers put up a goose egg, if or if they force a goose egg, if they shut out Spencer Rattler in the Oklahoma Sooners, we'll do something crazy. We'll do some crazy. Go Mountaineers! Mountaineers by fifty-six. 59. We're going to transition to the last part of our show. We're going to end it with the most recent WVU sports. We kick off Wednesday in the Bad Boy Mowers. Tournament. Let's go. South Dakota, here we come. They have yeah. one of the highest COVID infection rates in the country. Also, not to mention, we're going all the way to South Dakota to play an indoor sport. Nobody Let's even knows where South Dakota it. is. Let's talk about it. Like, if South Dakota wasn't named South Dakota and I didn't know where North Dakota already was, I'd have no clue where they were. Like, I'd have no clue where South Dakota was on the map. I think we were going to play Florida. That got canceled, then we had Texas A&M, then that got canceled. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, to South Dakota to play South to play South Dakota. To South Dakota to play South Dakota State. Can you and play then, Can you say that four times fast? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think South Dakota to play we're going, we're going to South Dakota, Dakota to play South Dakota. We're going to South Dakota to play South Dakota. We're going to South Dakota to play South Dakota. We're going to South Dakota to play South Dakota. Damn, just did it. Let's go. <laughs> There's like a decent field. Other than that, I think it's like Wichita State and Creighton maybe is in there. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not a terrible field, but it does kind of seem like they're sort of forcing it after a lot of teams dropped out. But whatever, we're gonna get this dub either way. Exactly, and we're on television. We're playing on ESPN two, so we're gonna be our first televised game of the year, starting it out strong against the Jackrabbits. Um, I think we take this game handily. I think Oscar Sheebway is gonna go for an easy double double along with uh, Culver. And I think we win by 20. Easy, I think we, easy 20 point win. I think we roll through this entire tournament. West Virginia's legit this year comes in at number 15 in the nation. I think we're a top 10, potentially top five team if we show up consistently. Need to make more shots this year. That's kind of how that's what it's going to depend on. The defense and mm-hmm. rebounding is going to be there. Um, so make shots. Taz Sherman, make shots. Sean I think the two newcomers are going to help us in Jalen Bridges and Isaiah Cottrell. I think they're going to help us a lot in the shot-making department and the scoring just in general department because of how gifted they are scoring the basketball and putting the ball through the hoop. But defensively, I think we're going to still be the same team. I think we're going to be stout down low with Shibway and Culver. And up front, we're going to be feisty. Like, we were not comparing any of these guys to um, – uh, Javon Carter, I don't know why I just forgot his name, who also re-signed with the Suns. Shout out Javon Carter. 11.5 mil. Uh-huh. Great for him. But we're, we're feisty again like when we had him. We, we You know, our, our guards can just get steals and get in the passing lanes. And this team is dangerous this year. And we got bigs to go with it, too. Exactly. Cottrell's a big body as well. Mm-hmm. Bridges but, is six foot nine. But can Sean McNeil and, and Taz and Deuce not just go oh for like an entire month like they need to be consistent this season 100% and that's like you said earlier that's going to determine whether we are just a ranked team cuz i think even if they don't do that we can still stay ranked between like, the 17 like and 25 year. range yeah 
But if they can consistently hit shots, there's nothing stopping us from being a top five seed or a top five team in the nation and a number one seed in the tournament. No doubt. We're just, we're so deep. We're we have legitimate talent. Bob Huggins has recruited the best that he has in his entire career as a coach at the ripe age of whatever he is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that guy Old keeps up. I wake up every morning and I say I want to be Bob Huggins, and I can't do it. But you no, know I don't what? Think I, I try Bob to Huggins come can. a little closer every time. Yeah. And this is arguably the best Mountaineer team that we've seen since the Final Four team. And it in could be. It could definitely be. It probably will be. It probably will be. And I think, like you said, we blow through this tournament. Um, and this basketball season is going to be really excited for me. I already bought tickets. I'm going to the WVU Richmond game. Um, that's in December. It's in about three weeks. So I'm going there. Dude, uh, it's like a pandemic. Yeah, I know, but I'm only going to WVU. So it's okay. I was going to go there anyway. Nah, go watch the ears. I am. I might go to Texas to watch a game. Who knows? I'm crazy like that. Go for it. Mountaineers are probably going to go undefeated. Probably going to. Okay, I got to chill out. 59 nothing undefeated. I can't keep going crazy. I love the bold predictions. I love it. Well, because you only have the optimism before the game. Once the game starts, you're just in a bad mood usually. Exactly. Because you've got you got Jordan McCabe missing three threes in a row, and then Chibwee misses a dunk, and then you're just upset and you want to go sit in a corner and cry. Like We can't go 0 for like February from three. Yeah, that was rough. We've got to get out there and shoot better than most dudes that show up to church league basketball games. We weren't doing that last year. We weren't doing that last year. I was doing that last year, but I don't play for the Mountaineers. Exactly. You played Division Two intramural basketball. It's not the same thing. Not at all. Sean but, McNeil needs to show up. And I think he will. And that is going to be the difference maker for the West Virginia Mountaineers. And that about does it for our show today. We're going to... We're going to call it here. You guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Make sure you give us a follow on, Sna- on not Snapchat, on Twitter and on YouTube. Sorry, guys. Words have been hard for both of us today. It's just one of those nights. It's Thanksgiving. We're ready to get drunk on turkey and gravy. But that does it for this episode of the What's the Snaps podcast. As always, I am Mike Fink, joined with Michael Sussman. Show up, Sean McNeil. <laughs>